was a depth of ice cold and black Every night at the crossroads had the moon hit screaming back You're on her disturbance, so it was no surprise Every man the man died in the gut of fire flashing sky You never know somebody You've seen them separate the vine Some people see salvation from below Others from the sky The death of God in plain sight The cones with liquor is alone Singing God, I'm the devil What's going on, guys? Episode number 12 of the Fighters Walk podcast. I'm your host, Corey Keene. And I'm going to keep this beginning short because I just wrapped up my second interview with the number 10 ranked heavyweight in the UFC worldwide, Chris Dacus. We had a fun interview, so I'm going to keep this episode just the interview. I know there's fights this weekend. I know there's fights this weekend. But with an interview like this, I'm just going to keep it the interview. And uh, on Tuesday, I'll be back to my my normal routine. It'll be post-fight of the uh, Uriah Hall, Sean Strickland. And I'm going to come back with... MMA in the Olympics. I had a lot of fun doing that. So I'm going to, like I said, come back with that. I'm going to highlight the featherweights. I have the bracket made up. Brackets done. We'll go through that. Find out who's on the podium as the gold medal winner, silver medalist, and then the bronze medalist. So we're here. Not going anywhere. I'm having too much damn fun doing this. Having too much fun doing this. Uh, special shout out to Chris and Kyle for coming on the show as my first two guests. Um, they're great guys because if I asked them to be on the podcast tomorrow and they weren't busy, they'd hop right on. So that's it's always cool. So thank you again for supporting Thank you again for following on Insta, subscribing to the YouTube channel, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. So on to the interview. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Look out for my next episode. It'll be on Tuesday. Peace out. Talk soon. What's going on, Chris? What's up, brother? How are you? Good, man. Top 10 heavyweight yeah. in the world. I'm excited. Joined also with Cooper. That's it. The guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, listen, I'm going to get right into it. Right. I got the merch. I, I, got, I appreciate that. I got the I merch. That. I appreciate that. I'm ready to wear this Saturday, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Not happening, right? Definitely. I know, yeah, definitely not happening. Uh, it was uh, kind of sucked. We got the phone call. Me and Kyle were actually in the car to the gym uh, Monday night. 
that, uh, you know, my manager called me and normally that's not a good sign. Called me saying that uh, it wasn't going to happen the night before we were supposed to fly out. So it really sucked. Um, you know, you, you put in this camp and then the fight gets pushed back a week and then still, I know, but I know it's a couple minutes. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the fight gets pushed back uh, a week later and then you're like, okay, finally, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And then you get that call and it just, it, it sucks. And it wasn't even like he tested positive I, to, to the best of my knowledge and to the best of, you know, our, my whole camp's knowledge. Um, he never tested positive. It was a cornerman who tested positive. Um, but then he said that he was, um, he had signs or symptoms of it, but he never tested positive and that he was uh, tired or weakened from, you know, I guess being around his coach. I don't know. I don't know if he quarantined and took two weeks off or what, but um, I just thought it was a little weird that he was ready to go the week before and this never came up. Then all of a sudden his coach tests positive. And then the following week, he's too weak to to fight. So it, it's a whole big thing. Yeah, and you know, I I never want to be that guy. But when I was doing a little bit of research, I was looking at topology, and I don't yeah. know if you believe in like signs or anything like that. But I was looking, yeah. and and he was supposed to fight gone two yeah. times as well, and now that's yep. two times for you. I, I mean, know. it it still it looks like so you're gonna be fighting. The 25th, September? September 25th, same guy. Um, it's going to be on the uh, Volkanovski Ortega card. So that's going to be a pay-per-view card. Um, it'll be at T-Mobile Arena. So that'll be super exciting, especially with all the fans. Um, but you know what? He's, like you said, I mean, look at his topology. His last now, now five fights, he was supposed to supposed to fight in, and something's always, something's always come up. So it, it's kind of been like a... Uh, like you know it's a little weird trying to get mentally prepared for um that type of fighter and just to fight I mean ah come fight night I'll be ready come fight week I'll be ready it's just gonna really suck if this happens again for a third time you know because I'm not working for the police department anymore I'm, I'm not doing any of that so it's this is like my this is my livelihood now so this is I have to provide for him and my wife so this is you know, two fights, three fights, really, if, if he pulls out of the next one that I could have been making money on. And, you know, I don't know what the UFC is going to do as far as, you know, like rebooking me right away or if they're going to have someone on standby. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see in, uh, in like seven weeks what happens. Now, when this happened for a second time, did you, yeah. did you try to vouch, say, hey, can you get me someone? Like, I'm ready. I've been yeah. ready for two yeah. weeks. Like, yeah, um, it, it's just, you know, not a lot of guys will take, you know, a short notice fight like that. Um, and especially with the whole like COVID thing and the UFC's protocols, uh, you have to get tested um, right before you fly out. So we fly out on Tuesday. So they'll send home a, uh, they'll send a, you know, wherever you live, they'll, they'll send a test. You have to do it um, through like Zoom or Skype or whatever with a doctor. Um, and then once that comes back negative, you can fly back and fly out to Vegas. So I don't know what the timeline was going to do. But, you know, pretty much everyone, I think, in the top 15 or the top 12 have, have fights booked. So I don't know who they would have gotten. So it was kind of like a – I I was stuck in like a rock and a hard place. Like I'm not going to be able to fight against Shamil because obviously he feels weak because he's you know, scared. What? You're all right. I know. Lucy's trying to get you. Um, 
and then you know no one else will take the fight just because everyone else has fights lined up so it's kind of it kind of sucks but apparently the ufc matchmakers they're they're big on trying to make this fight so hey if i'm you know all i can do is just be prepared and uh make sure that i show up to fight ready so that's it and i feel like it kind of goes with any division where you're like that top 15 top 10 area i don't think anyone's gonna want to really take a short notice fight who's higher up is that something you could agree with or yeah yeah generally yeah i mean normally the the guys who are taking those short moves fights are the guys trying to get there um you know uh if something happens to the Cyril gone Derek lewis fight i'll gladly i'll gladly throw my name in there you know i'll, I'll throw my uh my hat in the mix but, you know, it, it's all it it's got to be a two-way street with fighting you know like i could say i accept the fight all the time but if, if the other guy doesn't, then there's nothing really I can do. So, And going back to that pay-per-view card, I don't know if you looked into it deep enough, but did you see Curtis Blades and Jarzino Rosen strike around? So, They're I mean, hey, yeah, get it, get a nice knockout. There, there's and your listen, next fight. I'm, I'm the match. That's maker. it. There's your next fight. And, and that's it. That's, that's kind of like the thing. I was scouting out the, uh, the card, and, uh, you know, they're fighting on it. Um, and I'll gladly take the winner of that. So I'm I'm down for for whatever the UFC wants to do. Um, but yeah, if if that's the case, either one of them is fine. So I'm real excited to fight either of them. Well, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing that fight. I mean, I was yeah. excited. It ha, how crazy like has this past year and some change been so quick for you? I mean, you go Absolutely. from. You go from CFFC, you're going to main event for their title, yeah. and then you're right into the UFC. Like, were there talks of, yeah. like, the contender series or, or there was, was it just like, hey, we need you? Like, you want to fight? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, I mean, Kyle got on the contender series. He didn't, he didn't get the, um, the nod that night. So, you know, they knew who we were. They knew who my brother was, um, you know, obviously. But I felt personally, that I was not going to get the call to either A, the UFC, or B, the contender series without winning the CFFC belt. And I just thought that that's just how it was. Um, I was fully planning on, you know, winning the belt. And then if I had to defend it once or twice, I had to defend it and then uh, get the call that way. But, you know, a week out from that fight, I get the call saying, you know, you're going to UFC 252. And the rest is history, as I say. I've just been, you know, winning fights in the UFC, which is great. But uh, to think back to how your life can change in a year, it's it's crazy to think about, you know, going stressing about opponents and everything on the regional scene to stressing about everybody on the, the world stage in UFC. Yeah, and I just – I remember when Kyle had told me that you were going to be fighting. I was like, all right. So then I looked up who you were fighting. Didn't know much yeah. about him, but you, you took the opportunity. You ran with it. and Yeah. Three, three fights later in the UFC, you've been on a tear, and it's yeah. been awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. So when I, I originally got the call to fight Parker Porter, I, I knew who he was. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, a local guy in the fact that he's from, you know, the northeast area of the United States, um, especially with heavyweights. Like, if you hear, like, the he was considered, you know, the, the guy who um, was super tough, uh, super technical, but – uh, for whatever reason, he just never got the call to the UFC. Um, and then, you know, I got his name and it was for the UFC. And I figured, I figured we were going to meet, you know, sooner or later. And I just didn't think it was going to be in the UFC. But hey, I was happy to, 
I was happy to throw down with him at a UFC debut. Do, do, yeah. do, do, do. <laughs> so I have a couple couple questions for you. We'll change it up a little bit. One question I actually didn't ask Kyle when I interviewed him, but I kind of know just from hanging out with him. Did you ever play any other sports in high school? Or did it go – did you just, like, one day go to a gym and start training? No. So, I didn't even start training. I was – I started training in college. So, um, I played – I played all sports growing up, uh, mainly soccer. I played soccer for 18, 19 years of my life. Um, baseball and then once I got to high school I was actually getting like recruited to play like baseball like the baseball coach was like oh yeah you should really come after the team you should keep doing this and and uh you know I was like all right but I want to try lacrosse out so I played lacrosse for four years all Catholic all four years so it was really good um decided to play football my senior year played football senior year and then uh you know I was in college um was playing I was trying to play for Penn State uh Penn State Abington so they they started up a lacrosse team and they were going to be considered like a D3 school because it's like part of Penn State but it's not really Penn State yep but yeah and then uh, I kind of just driving past the gym all the time and decided to go in now have you, have you been a lifelong fan of the UFC oh, yeah. like always oh yeah. yeah oh yeah absolutely I remember my buddy uh, <laughs> what's up but I remember my buddy Pete Selecchia uh, he lived down the, the block from us. He, he lived at the, uh, at the top of the block. His dad had uh, the old school hot box. And he's flipping through it one day. And like UFC, like two or three was on. And we were watching that. And then uh, I know, go, 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 go. Go watch the show, bud. And then uh, the, that was on. And that was like whether the first time I ever seen it, I was super young. And then uh, ever since, you know, the Ultimate Fighter got on with uh, Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner, I've been, I've been hooked. So speaking of that, I know. Kyle, I think, told me if you want to talk a little bit about it, where you you were going to be on the Ultimate Fighter, right? I was going to be on the, the Ultimate Fighter. So when they were having the heavyweight season, I was out there, went out, flew out, me and Kyle tried out. Um, so the, the whole process is really weird. Like you fly out to this hotel, boop, you fly out to this hotel, you just show up, and it's, you know, Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby. And uh, you literally, like, you're separated in the groups. And they're like, all right, group A and group B, you guys are going to be uh, grappling first. And then, you know, group C and D, you're going to be striking first. So my group started out grappling. They just picked random dudes. They were like, all right, Chris, you're going to be going with Corey. Um, grapple until someone taps or gives up. So it's uh, no leg locks. Um, you know, you're starting from your knees. Um, show us something, but don't go too crazy. So uh, I ended up submitting my guy. Um, it was in, I think they're only like a minute and a half rounds. So I was just quick going, submitted my guy. And then they didn't want any of us to, to do striking. So got done. They're like, all right, if we call your name, you're going to be hanging out for the interviews. I got, you know, two, two rounds of interviews. So I had to change my flight, do everything like that. And I, I hung out with the UFC and got all kinds of medical tests done by them, by their doctors, seeing everybody. Um, I was told, my manager was told, hey, listen, you're on the show. Um, get your affairs in order because you're going to be gone for, you know, six to eight weeks, whatever it is. I started doing everything for work. And then all of a sudden, uh, Josh Parisian, I think it was, he fought on the Contender Series. Was super impressive on the Contender Series. Uh, didn't get the UFC contract, but they were like, hey, 
we're going to give you a spot on the ultimate fighter. And he took my spot on the ultimate fighter. So then they called me and they're like, uh, yeah, you're getting bumped from the ultimate fighter. You're not going. So I was like, great. So, yeah. It, in a sense, is it, obviously it's a crazy tournament, lot, yeah. lot at stake, but in a sense, is it kind of like any reality show where they are looking for somewhat of a story too? They're, yeah, they're, they're looking for, you know, um, what they were saying with, especially with this new season, is that they were getting away from that. So, like, before they wanted TV. They, they wanted a good show. They wanted characters. They wanted all that. Um, you know, when you sit down, when you're going through the process of the Ultimate Fighter, you're sitting down with the, you know, there's, like, 15 producers, and everyone's asking you all these crazy questions and, you know, about your personality, like, you know, how you're going to be on the show and stuff like that. But in this season, they've gotten away from that, and they've got done more, um, more towards – the actual skill level because in, if and I'm, this isn't anything new like if you look at the past ultimate fighters there's people who can fight and there's people who were just there for tv and that's just the way it is i'm glad that the ultimate fighter has gone back to you know being about fighters but that was that was a concern um you know you know my brother you know me um we're not really like you know out there and all so we're, we're kind of introverted so that's that that was playing a factor in things but the producers like me they like my story with being a cop and working full time, so that was a good thing. Yeah, handcuffs, yeah, and then uh, so yeah, it was it was good, but uh, just sucks. I mean, would I change it? Nah, I'm I'm happy with with where I'm at. I don't know how I would have fared, um, you know, just with the the whole mindset of, of you know going in there with uh, with all those people and living with the people and competing against them and all that. So it would have definitely been a, a super surreal experience, but I'm I'm really glad that I got into the UFC the way I did. And you know you're know. you're so damn good on social media. I don't know how you would have lasted all that time with no I cell know. phone. <laughs> I know, yeah. And that's that's what I've been trying to do. Like I've been trying to get on Twitter a lot lately to to, you know, build my brand and, and you know, get get more people to follow me and you know, just because you're you're marketing. You're you're marketing yourself as a fighter. So, you know, people wanna see you, they they get interested and that's just how you get bigger and better spots, especially like with co-main events or main eventing a spot or you're a spot for a title. Like look at Charles Oliveira. He, he had to fight 11 times, 12 times before he got a belt. So, and there's other guys who were active on social media and, you know, who were out there talking, who get total shots after two, two fights. So. Now does MMA junkie like reach out to you and say like, Hey, we're taking your, tw your tweet nope. or they'll just, nope. they'll just put that out there. So you just, just found that it, yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate them for, for tagging me in it. What's up? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I appreciate them for tagging me in it. But, yeah, but now they, they literally just screenshot it, put it on, like, a, a picture and just post it. And I mean, that's, that's great publicity for you, though. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. people who may not, they're just kind of like, they're fans of the UFC, but they don't know all the guys. They see a tweet like that, and they're like, Wow, this is. I'm gonna check is, them out. Yeah, this is getting interesting now. So yeah. it was it was cool to see that. I know Rachel tagged me in it. I didn't even see it because I was I was working. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's weird. So like after like the past week, like this past like I don't even say week. I'd say like four days. Like my Twitter follower has jumped like 700, 800 people. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. Like you start tweeting a little bit. You, you know, you might interact with a few people and start saying some funny stuff and they'll follow you and it's, it's crazy. And then, what's about it? I see, look, and then, uh, you know, it's crazy to think like that's how you get, you know, 
more money, more publicity is just interacting with people. And that's, that's something I, I've been really trying to work on. And you're still at the point with like the social media thing. Like you could reach out to a good amount of people I'd imagine on like Twitter. Absolutely. And you guys are pretty, pretty good with that. I see you guys yeah. interacting. And I mean, as a fan of the sport, I know like when I tweet at someone just to say yeah. something, and even if it's just a like, it, it does yeah. make you as a fan feel like, oh shit, like he, he saw that. Like, yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Like, like, after every interview or whatever I've ever done, I've always, you know, told people that if they want to reach out to me, I'll get to it eventually. Like my Twitter, um, you'll probably reach me better on Twitter. Um, my Instagram, I get like weird messages on Twitter all the time. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like I get like people from like Russia messaging me and like, I have like 500 like pending messages on my Instagram and I'm just like, it's so weird. Like with the Instagram, I don't know. I, I've recently grown to like Twitter a little bit more. Um, but yeah, you know, if, and that's what's, you know, I, I wanted to be like that. Like if I ever reached this point, that was always something that I thought that I should do, or I, I should be able to do is that if someone reaches out and like says something or like questions or like has like a question for me that I could at least do that. Like, you know, my life isn't like, I'm not like some high and mighty dude. I can, you know, reach out to any one of them. So. Yeah, so I got I got a couple more things for you if you have the time. I know, Absolutely. I know Cooper Cooper said it's all right. That's I all right. Think, he's, right? He's, yeah. yeah, he's all right. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to say shout out to my two buddies Brad and Nate who are in the uh, state tr- their PA state troopers. And you had said you you just ended with Philly. You're you're done. Yeah. Now? So yeah. So um, I'm still running some time. So I've uh some time left. Um, and then I'm going to take a year of absence, um, after that time's up. So, I mean, I'm not going to work anymore. I'm not, you know, uh, I still talk to all the guys and everything like that who I work with. I still hang out with them and all that, but I'm not going to work. I'm not, I'm not doing, doing that anymore. Um, you know, for the first part of this camp, I, I was still working, but now that everything has been pushed back, I'm not going to be working for this camp. Um, so the, it'll be interesting to see how my body reacts to that. Um, especially with the added uh, training sessions, you know, I just think that um, even as Kyle and, and all that, I think that my uh, the workload is uh, is dictating where my weight is. Um, so I'm going to have to figure out how uh, the best way to um, you know manage that uh, because if this fight goes gets pushed into October or I have another fight before September or after September and this one gets canceled, I'm, I'm going to be fighting at 205 pretty soon. So this is uh, it's getting crazy, but um. Yeah, it's it's really cool to to see that um you know that for the first time in like 10 11 years I'm not doing two jobs. So it's really good. Yeah, and they're uh they're not the biggest MMA fans, but um when I started telling them about you guys, they both followed you like they they are they're all in on you. So you got you Well, got I appreciate two, that. I I'm sure you have a bunch of bunch of cops everywhere who are rooting for yeah. you, but those two guys, yeah. they're my best friends. They wanted me to say something, so oh, I, I appreciate you guys. To, Thanks. Wanted to let you know. Um, yep. Two more things I got for you. Well, Number one, I wanted to ask you this question because I don't think I really talked to you about it the couple times we've interacted. Okay. What's uh, Fight Island like? How how is yeah. that whole process like? Would you and and would you go back? I guess I would. I, I would go back. I, I would go back. Um, 
strictly because, you know, it was an experience. It was something that um, I enjoyed certain aspects of it. I did not enjoy other aspects of it. So how the whole flight island works is, uh, so you have to be out there, just say Monday. Say you have to be in Abu Dhabi on Monday. You got to go to Vegas the Thursday before and quarantine in Vegas for two days. So you're not allowed out of your room. You're not allowed to do anything. You're getting COVID tested, all that good stuff. Once you're good, clean, bill of health, you're good to go right to the airport at like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, right on the plane, and then you're in the plane for 18 hours. That plane ride sucked. Like, I'm not – I'm not big on airplanes. I hate flying. I and dude, on the I, other side of the world. I, I, yeah, and I fell asleep. I woke. I fell asleep for like ten hours. I woke up and I'm like, dude, I still got another like eight hours, like six hours on this damn plane. Um, but the plane ride itself, the was the the greatest plane ride I've ever been on. That plane um, looks smooth, so dope. It's huge. It's huge, yeah. and all the flighters are in like first and business class. So, uh, on my way there, I had like a little bed, like I, I could like put my legs up and like lean back a little bit. I had, like my own TV, um, anything you wanted to eat, they had a whole menu spread out for us. Um, anything you wanted, all you had to do was ask. Nothing was, you didn't have to pay for anything. Um, and then on the way back, it would, I had my own bed. It was like, it was like something out of a movie. Like, like it was literally like a little apartment. I know it's crazy. Are you with your team? Like that is your team by so, you or no? So they were like in the back of a plane, but there was only so think of like a couple hundred seat plane, but there was only forty of us on the plane. Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. So there was all the fighters up in the front, but then all the cornermen were in the back, and everyone had like two to three rows themselves. I know it was crazy. It was really big. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh. Yeah, and the same thing with the cornermen and everything like that. Anything they wanted, just got didn't didn't matter whatever. But the worst part is just is just hanging out in the hotel room for you know the two two days or whatever you have to do. Um, it is so hot there, dude. I've never felt heat like that in my life. Like I thought Vegas is hot, but it's it's different because it's not humid. And then like Florida is hot and it's humid, but it's like that on like steroids. Like you, I literally came outside in Abu Dhabi and I'm like, I had like a jacket on just cause the, 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 the flight was cold and Vegas was a little cold. And I'm just like, dude, I'm starting like stripping in Abu Dhabi and people are like yelling at me. Like, you, you can't do that. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't care. I'm doing it. Um, yeah. And then you get on this bus, you're on a bus ride going through like, I don't even know where the hell I was, dude, but it looked like there was like construction all around. There was like a random dude up on like this building, just building shit by himself. And I'm like, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden you go underneath the, the water, you're coming out on the island and there's literally dudes in like hazmat suits. They're like, all right, we're going to unload your bags. You get off the, the, uh, the bus and they're like, which one's your bag? And I'm like, all right, that one's my bag. They're like, all right, don't touch it. Don't touch anything. And I'm literally standing here like this and they're like spraying me down. They're like wiping my bag down. They're, they grab my luggage. They're wiping all down. They're like, all right, go check in and then go upstairs to your room. And yeah, it was wild. Um, and then you had to stay in the room. Like you couldn't leave the room, like all the food that you wanted, they brought it up. They let, they knock and left it on the door set. Um, I had to get like two microwaves because my first microwave broke, which sucked, but you know, but 
uh, I would definitely do it again. The biggest uh, adjustment I would say was um, me stay, uh, having to stay up. So we had a fight, I think it was like prime time here. So it was like eight or nine, nine o'clock. Yeah. Yep. But we were fighting in the, we were fighting in the middle of the night over there. Like I fought at like three thirty or four o'clock in the morning and I was out. So when I got done with like media and everything like that, it was like 7am in the morning. So the after party, if you want to call it that, it was like me having breakfast. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was I, was, I was gonna ask so I, I know that that's how it is and like that god bless those dudes in like that first spot like yeah. they're they're fighting like what is it abu dhabi local time like 2 30 a.m are they fighting like 3 a.m no i think i think There's a little later a little later no because i had to be down i had to be in like the hotel lobby i think at like 1 a.m and i was like i was probably like the fifth or sixth fight i'd say Dude, I so would be that, like this at 1 a.m. I, I don't even know, I know. how you, you could – I mean, yeah, well, you're going it. into a fight, so I guess it's a little different, but – Yeah, but during know. that whole trip, but during that whole trip, I had a, I planned for it because I was, like, watching, like, the, the guys before who, who fought and, like, what they did. Yeah. And I, lo- I watched a lot of, like, the city kickboxing guys, and they would do, like, video blogs about what they did. So they were sleeping during the day, like, local Abu Dhabi time, sleeping in the middle of the day. And being up all night because they were, they were fighting at night. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I should probably do that. Um, but, dude, that sucks. It absolutely sucks because they're calling you, like, in the middle of the day. You got media obligations in the middle of the day. You got you to gotta go do shit for the UFC in the middle of the day. And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to sleep. Like, like ask Kyle about it. Like, I, I would wait in 227. I'm literally eating, like, my bowl of food, and it's like a pound of food, and I'm getting, like, halfway through it, and I'm like – I'm like gagging on it. Like my body was just shutting down. So that would be something I would have to figure out what, what was up with that. But I'd go again. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely go again. Yeah. I just, I ESPN plus did a really cool, like, I think it's classified or something like yeah. that. They did a real yeah. cool thing on the inside of that whole process. And I, I thought that thing was yeah really awesome. And it's, it's something that if you think about it, the only thing, remotely close in my opinion is how they do it with the olympics yeah yeah definitely i would i would agree on that and uh you know i i said it like after the fight if, if fighters can get out if fighters can get out there to at least experience that um just experience it just because it really is a great time you're flying all the way across the world um the island itself is cool because you're on like your own island and i was literally riding a bike at like four o'clock in the morning on like a six lane highway and it's like there's no one around yeah and it was just it was awesome i'm going to like the other hotels just like exploring pretty much um and yeah it was really cool it was that's really cool. uh that's right up my alley if the, the yeah. less people the better i don't know that's Dude, that's just yeah me though. no but it was, it was seriously it was like the fighters like the people who work there and then like the all the ufc team so like there was like a hotel for like everyone who was working on the island who lived there there was like all the fighters hotels and then everyone who worked for the OC and they were all in like three little different spots, but you could, it's a bike ride. It was like two, a two or three minute bike ride. Um, so you could go check that out. And then, you know, with the cage on the, the beach and all that, like all that's man-made, like the, the water that's out there, that's all man-made, but they throw fish in there, which is weird. So it was like super hot bath water. Like yeah. I like put like, I, I walked into it like up to my knees and I'm like, Oh, this is gross, man. I'm not, I'm getting out of this thing. So yeah. But it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then last thing, kind of segueing in. I don't know. Did you by any chance get 
the chance to watch my last episode or no? Uh, I don't believe I did. Not yet, no. All right. Well, I did a segment, MMA in the Olympics. Okay. okay. I, I had oh, a that's blast. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about that, and then they put it out. Uh, I seen Chael was talking about it. Chael Sonnen was talking yeah, about that. And yeah, you were like, I oh. was like – I wonder how it's weird that I start talking about it and then all of a sudden it gets on ESPN. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing out there. But anyways, I most of my podcasts, as you know, are by myself. I yeah. have a good time talking to myself. That's just me. Nothing wrong with that. But I I had a blast doing this. I don't know what your thoughts are. Like I was talking about it and like how the Olympics are set up, it would be it would be very tough to get a bracket of MMA yeah. fights done in the Olympic time period. Yeah. W- what I had said was if you just kind of like, kind of how they do with Olympic boxing, kind of, yeah. I don't know, maybe not headgear, but kind of make it as if it's amateur style field, yeah. just so you're not looking for crazy knockouts, but you're, yeah. you're kind of just testing the water, seeing how this would go and yeah. kind of, kind of making it a thing like would you like to see mma in the olympics or absolutely yeah do you think it'd be uh, a cool concept absolutely yeah i mean they're just brought in they're bringing in uh muay thai so yeah why not i mean they're doing um they have an international i think it's like amateur mma federation and they have a bunch of rules and gear that would absolutely work for the olympics like um there's no knees to the head. You, I think they wear bigger gloves. They wear shin pads. There's no elbows um, of any kind once you hit the ground uh, or standing. Um, certain submissions are not allowed um, because you're still an amateur. But if you fight under that rule set, um, because like you said, it's a tournament style. There's no reason that if I'm trying to get into the Olympics, I'm trying to get a gold medal for my country that I have to worry about getting cut. Now, granted, you have to worry about getting cut. It's an MMA fight. But if you take out if you take out one of the things, such as elbows, that causes the most cuts. That causes the most cut. I know, but I'm almost done, okay? I know you got boo-boo. There you go. All better. Almost done, Coop. Almost done, bud. So if you take out those things, you can definitely work on the tournament style uh, that you see in MMA um, and especially in the Olympics, you know, especially with wrestling. Like, Look at the guys in wrestling. They're, I think they're starting up pretty soon. Um, if one of them gets cut, they just tape themselves up. But, you know, if you can eliminate all that, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, but the way that that organization does, I think it's, it's like the IMMAF or something like that. They have a whole breakdown of everything, of what they allow and what they don't allow. I think that'll be the best bet to getting it started. And then once you get it started, you have to figure out um, – you know, how you're going to branch out from that. Like I was watching what Chael said because you were saying that and I wanted to, to compare what you guys were saying. Um, Chael was saying about the how boxing is in the Olympics. It, they're all amateurs. Like, so you're not going to get – like, they wouldn't – I don't think they would ask me to compete for the United States in the Olympics for MMA. So it would be amateur guys because his point was why would you take a prize fighter – I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I, I fight for money. So I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So why would they ask me, you know, I'm not going to take that pay cut to go train for however many months to go to the Olympics for whatever, to get into to fights that I'm not going to pay for. And I could possibly get an, an Olympic medal. I mean, some guys would do that. I don't know about other guys would do that. So 
we'll see. Yeah. But then, so, but then, but then the, I know the fishy. And then the argument for that is, you know, the skill level for the people who are competing, like, you know, it, and then there's certain rules and regulations that apply in America. I know Nemo's in the water and there's other certain rules and regulations that don't apply in, let's say Russia or England. Like you could have a world-class Sambo guy who's been competing for 10 years, but he's still technically an amateur in MMA. Yep. And then that dude just runs through everybody and he gets a gold medal, you know? So there's a whole, there's other aspects to the, you know, to the sport or including that in the Olympics, that'll definitely uh, play a factor. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny when I saw ESPN MMA post that and I was like, dude, I did this four days ago. Like, are, yeah. really? This yeah. is, give, give me a little bit of credit, a little bit of shout yeah, out. Yeah, give you a little like, shout out or something. Yeah. What are you going to do? But what I did was just to have a little more fun with it and show a visual, I, I made a bracket. I, yes. I did, I did Bantam weights. And what I did okay. was I took, I took for, for the normal fan, just to see names, I took the number one worldwide guy from each country. So, okay. and that's how I set the bracket up. And that's how I did the seeding. So, like, obviously, I had some people say, like, why would you pick Aljamain Sterling for U.S. and not, like, a T.J. Dillashaw? I was like, well, because if you listen to me, I took the number one guy in the world. Yeah, the number one guy from each country, yeah. And he is the champion. So, with that being said, you you know UFC. I don't have the bracket here. Who do you think was my my gold gold medalist for if that's how I did it? Bantamweights. Bantamweights? Don't don't think too hard into this either. Peter Young. Yeah, that's that's who I had winning the gold medal, and then yeah. I had uh, I actually had Marab winning silver. Oh yeah, I yeah. like that. I I, like I that. think I I love his style. I I think he's and, a, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. If you were to do the Olympic style, you would have to change certain rule sets. So his style of fighting would cater to the Olympic style. Because he can of, of fighting, yeah, he'll molly on the ground. Yeah, he'll just molly on the ground, and then they're obviously going to score that for him. So as long as he stays on top, or if you get up, he'll take you down thirty times. It doesn't matter to him. So yeah, but I I did like how you how you said kind of how it is with boxing, like the amateur style. Maybe giving guys chance that you you have no idea who these guys are, like yeah, a chance yeah. for an Olympic medal. I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think that would be that'd be really cool. Yeah, see. it would. But then you have to think about the almighty dollar because everyone's going to want to be, you know, if MMA does go to the Olympics, everyone and their brother is going to want to see who's, you know, Team Russia, who's on Team Russia, who's on, you know, Team Great Britain, who's, you know, and then everybody's going to want to win. So yep. the countries are going to be like, hey, we should probably like pay some people to come and fight for, you know, the United States or Russia. So then that gets a whole like, you know, is it really amateurs or is it just really good guys who haven't made the pro jump yet? You know what I mean? Yep. So, well, thanks, Chris. I don't, I don't course, know what, man. uh, I basically said everything I need to and, uh, Perfect. tell, tell Cooper, I said, thanks as well. Of course. Says, Thank you. I so know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, this is getting, this is going to be, uh, my, my biggest video yet. Cause I think, Cooper's going to steal the show. No offense. He's definitely stealing the show. It's all right. He's going to steal my nose, too. You steal my nose? Yeah. Here. Come on. Sit up. We'll get some food, okay? All right, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon. 
All right, man. I can't wait to see it at the next uh, pay-per-view. Yep, so you will. Great. And uh, actually, be... what were you going to say? Are you going to be? Are you going to be? Uh, you coming over for the? Uh, is Kyle doing the um, the Derek Lewis card or no? Is that a pay-per-view card yet? Um, I don't. We didn't really talk about that yet. Tomorrow we're actually going down to that uh, Taco Fest. <laughs> down, taco down. Fest at Xfinity. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna do that, and then we'll see what even the fights tomorrow night. Well, we'll play it by ear, but I'm sure we, we get right, together for most of the fights. Yeah. So, don't be sure don't be afraid. Once once I get my uh, my press pass, hopefully I'll be uh, coming to your fights. Listen, you get the press pass. I will give you the first question and not John Morgan. Promise me that. I will give you the first question, not John Morgan. Listen, that, that might be the biggest plug I've ever gotten. So there you I, go. I appreciate that. Of course. Take, of course. take that, John Morgan. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, take that, John Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. I'll talk to you. Thank you. All right, brother. I'll see Have you, Have a good Later. one. You too. See ya.